I got the city I've been browsing. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. This is our second podcast today. You know, if you guys didn't listen to it, we had Derek Brown talking about, you know, coming on, talking about the Senior Bowl, talking about rookies, really trying to tie it all in. Tonight, Ian Mung and myself are going to try to tie in some of those rookies, talk about wide receiver values, who's up, who are we buying. You know, we have a lot of threads out there, a lot of polls, a lot of stuff to really just tie it in there and give you guys, you know, some of these savvy moves that you guys can make in the offseason when it comes to wide receivers, which is, you know, a lot of times what we build our teams around, especially those those good teams we've talked about during the season. When you have the right wide receiver core, you fill in those running backs and those teams get real sexy real quick. Speaking of sexy, we're going over to Minnesota. Ian, how you doing today? Doing okay, Dad. How you doing? <laughs> I'm great, of course. You're, you've had a busy day, man. Second podcast today. Second podcast created Smash Except Listener League 3. And I'll tell you what, 12 spots, 8 of them are filled already within four hours, you know, and that's really awesome. Some of the guys are buying some of those t-shirts and hoodies for that free giveaway. Other people just want to get in there. Um, you know, it's myself, you, and we have Maddie Daddy, who's out there. He does a bunch of awesome football and wrestling podcasts, and we have it set up with a wrestler theme. So, I mean, your first Smash Except Listener League, got to be a little excited. Oh, yeah, I'm super pumped. You've add, added me to a couple of the other chats uh, on Twitter for some of the other listener leagues, and they're so active. It's awesome. Like, I, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I'm in a few other leagues, obviously, but I, nothing seems even half as active uh, as this as a lot of the other listener leagues do. So I'm really looking forward to to especially how active everyone seems to be. Yeah, and we're ironing out the Patreon. I know we tried to kick it off last year, but we are going to be kicking that off in March. And these group chats, I mean, you've been in there for, you know, two weeks now. There are hundreds of messages a day. And it's not just in the beginning. It was Mung, myself, John kind of answering questions. And what's really cool and what's evolved out of it is people are answering questions for everybody else. You know, they're like getting that advice in there. And I'll even throw it in sometimes. Hey, what are you doing with this guy? What are you doing with that guy? And Smash Except Listener League 1 is so incredibly active I can't believe it, but Jamar Chase has been traded three times in the last 24 hours. Last year, we had over 100 trades in that league. It's crazy. Listener League 2 is fun. I can't wait to start three, you know, and it, it, it's awesome. I mean, Mung, you can attest to that, and what's going on with you? Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? You can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I've been updating uh, all my Dynasty rankings. Those are going to come out right after the Super Bowl. And as I've been doing my rankings, man, I'm jealous of you guys because I, I, I get that itch, as we all do right now, to jump into another dynasty startup, but I'm trying to hold off. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, there's just it, – it's always interesting, right, because I try to do my rankings without looking at anyone else's first. And then when I go back, then I see – I filter on the ones where I'm more than 10 or 20 spots off of ADP – and then I decide, oh, maybe I'm too low on this guy. Or no, maybe this guy is a sell in the leagues where I have him based on, you know, the, the difference between my rankings and ADP. And uh, it's so much fun. I'm excited to get those those updated rankings out to you guys. And I'm excited for the Super Bowl. 
We have to be, right? I mean, we talked last week about some of our favorite Super Bowl foods, and, and we got an, an awesome game. I mean, I have not, I can't remember a game most of the time because Brady's been in it, but where I'm, I, both quarterbacks, I want to win this game, right? Like, you have to be excited for Matthew Stafford finally getting that opportunity. And everybody loves Joe Burrow right now, so it's like, we're in this weird situation where I'm I'm going to love watching the game, but I'm not going to be super upset one way or another. You know, it's like I'm not – there's not that huge underdog where we're rooting for. I mean, both teams are going to be good. Myself personally, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a Bengals win because I'm excited. I think the Joe Burrow, you know, phenomenon is real. I want to see what happens here. I think he does come, come away with the win and the MVP here. Game definitely in the 20s, a little bit of a shootout, have some fun. I'm looking forward to the nostalgia of the – of the rap group, you know, you got you got Eminem, you got Dr. Dre, you got Snoop. Like that's that's my like high school to college days. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know I know it's like kind of boomer alert. Now you're going to see like when I'm in the car with my kids every now and then, like nothing but a G thing will come on, or you know, like a song like that, and I can rap the whole thing, and they'll look at me like, "Yo, what just happened to Dad? Like Dad just Dad just went off into a different world. Like Dad can rap? Yeah, I can. I won't be doing it on the podcast, but." Ian, what's your prediction here for well, Super Bowl Sunday? So I was in the same boat as you a week ago where I was like, whatever happens, I'm going to be happy. These are the two teams I wanted in there. Like, the, this is going to be an awesome Super Bowl. And then the Vikings went and hired uh, Kevin O'Connell as their head coach, even though it's not official official. But, like, now I have a little bias. Now I got to root for for the, the Rams offense. So uh, I am thinking the Rams will win. Um I think it'll be a close game, though. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, my prediction is a is a 27-24 victory uh, for for the Rams. Um, so I think it'll be really close. Um, like pretty much every game beyond the one or the two seven games where uh, this, these playoffs. So I'm really looking forward to it, and especially the halftime show too. Man, seriously, it's, like it's it's it's. I'm so pumped. The halftime shows literally have sucked ever since. Like the last good halftime show I can remember is Prince, and that's not even bias. Like, yes, I have that Minnesota bias, but like, Dude, always, Prince, everything's Prince, purple what, for him. Tell, but tell me, Prince wasn't the last like amazing? It was good halftime show. That was the was last good. one that was like, oh, Monk, break the tie here for us. Yeah, I, you know, I love Joe Burrow. I uh, love the swag. I love that he's a young ascending talent. But the more that I've broken this down, and I'll have my full write-up uh, on fan tracks over the next couple days. I'll get that posted. But it really comes down to that Rams defensive line, right? They, they mm-hmm. went and traded for Von Miller during the season, and teams are already doubling Aaron Donald at the highest rate of any defensive player. And it's just hard for me to see Joe Burrow having time to make those throws downfield to chase – and Higgins and Boyd, whoever it might be. And I'm actually more and more, I haven't I haven't nailed down my final score prediction yet, but I, I think the Rams win by double digits. I, I really do. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning in with my heart with Joe Burrow. You know, we've watched him as a kid when his parents leave him home alone to the point where now he is an NFL quarterback. So, no, if you guys haven't seen those memes, he looks just like it. L- let's go straight from Super Bowl talk to – our wide receiver tiers. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about how we have things broken down. I mean, we talked about Chase getting traded three times in Smash and Accept Listener League 1. We're looking at Tier 1, you know, and it's a 1A, 1B. Myself, Mung, Ian, and John. You know, we, we missed you, John. Pour one out for you. But what we all broke it down. 
Ian, you're the only one that has Jefferson as your wide receiver one. We've talked about it as 1A, 1B. Right now, I mean, I don't want to give things away, but I would love to be. I'm seeing both of them go at that end of the first, early second wraparound in Superflex. And could you imagine starting out with both of these guys? But talk to me about Jefferson and why you have him there and not just because he's in Minnesota. <laughs> it, it really isn't. I, when I do come with my rankings, I really do try to keep my Vikings bias out of it. Um, I really try. It's it's not the easiest thing. I was ever. hoping to see Jefferson one, Thielen two, Osborne three. You uh, know. I mean, that's probably what it would be if I put my bias into it. But with Jefferson, I think it's more that he he's done it twice. Like he he's he's proven that even in that second year, when the defensive backs are focusing on him, he can still get that top twelve season in there. Um, and it. it, it and when you look at it, Jefferson still had a uh, like a higher points per game average than Chase did this season. Granted, yes, Chase, it was his rookie year. And if you look at Chase's rookie year versus Jefferson's rookie year, Chase's year was better, even though like even if you discount the fact that there was an extra game, it was better. Um, but it's more about I, I don't know if he'll do it again next year. I think teams will still be focusing on him a little bit more, especially with them in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and looking at, you know, Higgins and Boyd and all that kind of stuff. I think that Chase probably does take a little bit of a step back in year two, whereas Jefferson took that step forward in year two, even after an amazing year one. I mean, what Jefferson has done year one and year two has been bonkers. I mean, I think when you look at the two, for me, Jefferson's got that target share. Jefferson, you know, gets the air yards. Jefferson also has Kirk Cousins, you know, and I think Kirk Cousins we talk about a lot and we don't appreciate enough. But when you look at Joe Burrow versus Kirk Cousins, you know, and being able to do that, I think Jamar Chase, I, I was mocked on here. And Mung, you, you, were, you were supporting me, but I remember we had Izzy on and we were like, I said, as soon as he's drafted, Jamar Chase is a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. And they're like, no, we can't put him anywhere above 18. And I'm like, this guy is something special, you know, 21 years old and just phenomenal talent the the craziest thing that both these guys both lsu wide receivers you know i've always said chase was better than jefferson when he was there in college together you know and it's like from a pure talent standpoint i think he's a slight edge but they're both phenomenal wide receivers they do it in a slightly different way for me chase is tied to burrow for several years here you know so is higgins but i also have higgins in my top 12 you know so i think both these guys are going to eat in a ascending offense i really want to see joe burrow win this super bowl Get that, get that confidence going, and really turn it in. You know, move that, move it forward to being a guy that we are, what we want him to be. Mung, I mean, you have Chase as well. You and I, honestly, I, I all my group chats for Smash Accept and everything else, people are like, oh man, I can't believe I, I sold Jamar Chase on the low. I can't believe I believed in the drops. And I was like, you weren't listening to Mung and I. Like Mung and I were like, let it go. Like this guy is an absolute stud. Yeah, I, I believe I had Chase at wide receiver two or three in Dynasty before he even played a single snap. Um, everything about the metrics, you know, the breakout age, the dominator rating, everything that we talk about when we discuss rookie wide receiver prospects. I, I mean, he was like 99th percentile and everything. Yeah, there was he was literally the best wide receiver prospect we've seen in two decades. And that was why I was confident in him. But, mm -hmm. you know, after this kind of rookie season, I have him as a 1A uh, to Jefferson's 1B. I have no strong 
you know, I'm not going to yell at anyone for having Jefferson over Chase, right? Jefferson's an elite talent in his own right. right. For me, it's just like you said, the slight risk. We don't know what exactly is happening with the transition to a new coaching staff. Uh, they may or may not move on from Kirk Cousins in a year or two. And it's just that slight edge of risk that puts Chase ahead for me. But again, both uh, both in that top tier for sure. Safest wide receivers in football, highest upside. I mean, we have not had this 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 kind of one two for for a while, right? I mean, we've we had all the the Hopkins and Adams, and and guys are starting to age, but we haven't had guys this close. You know, twenty one and a twenty three year old, one and two leading the whole thing. I have you know, and good luck with this. But I had that top tier, both Jefferson and Chase, in a super flex worth three firsts. You know, I think anybody for four firsts is is insane, unless it's you're talking Mahomes or Josh Allen. But I mean, you know, three firsts is kind of the value of that top tier. And and when we ranked them consensus wise, they were the guys that were. It was nowhere even close. You know, we all had that. I move into tier two, and tier two I have guys that are worth two firsts. We disagree a little bit on on where they're at, um, but that that tier in particular is we have Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and I have C.D. Lamb in there, but we're, we're going to break this down a little bit. From our consensus, the, the consensus has it as Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver three, A.J. Brown the wide receiver four, Cooper Cup the wide receiver five, and that's, that's where we have things for tier two. So I want to have C.D. Lamb in that. The rest of you guys do not, and I'm okay with that, but we're going to talk a little bit about Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, and A.J. Brown. If A.J. Brown stayed healthy, you know, you guys know I was on that A.J. Brown wide receiver one. He's 24 years old. The thing with him is, is Tannehill back? I mean, is it, is it, what, what does that offense look like? I mean, A.J. Brown has flashed and been phenomenal, but then there's always injuries piling up in there. Tyreek Hill, arguably the best wide receiver in football or the most explosive weapon in football. You know, like he is, a threat to score at any point tied to Mahomes. So that 27 years old does not scare me. And the way Cooper Cup played this this past year was absolutely insane. I mean, he's 28 years old. And I go back to this. I wrote an article for Dynasty Happy Hour two years ago where I said, Cooper Cup is a top eight Dynasty wide receiver two years ago. Book it. And I was told, it's too hot. Can't publish it. That's, you're going to have to you're gonna have to broaden it out a little bit. And now he's he was the, the wide receiver one this year. And now he's moved himself into that top five dynasty wide receiver area. Uh, Mung, you know, out of these three, I see on there, and, and you have you have Waddle up in there, and I have Lamb, and we're going to talk about them in the next. But I see that you have it, Brown, and then Cup, and then Hill at this point. Is that correct? Yeah, and again, these guys are all razor thin, right? They're all they're all pretty close. Brown, he is the youngest. Uh, he has had some injury riddled seasons, but none of them are those lingering soft tissue injuries. Right. It's been a bunch of random stuff, kind of like Keenan Allen in in the first part of his career. Um, Cooper Cup, I have him slightly ahead of Hill, just because of consistency, right? There, there's really very little consistency week to week for most fantasy players, and especially for wide receivers, but. Cup is one of those rare ones where he has both an insanely high floor where he pretty much will get at least five catches for 50 yards. So, you know, double digit PPR points every single week with Stafford under center. And then we've seen that 40 point kind of ceiling with him as well. And the only reason I have Hill slightly uh, behind him is because we have seen teams starting to take away those huge plays for the Chiefs. Uh, But at the same time, 
you know, that target share is so concentrated between Hill and Kelsey that I'm not too worried about him. And Ian, I mean, I, I have Cup at wide receiver seven. You have Cup at wide receiver eight. You know, and we're, we're the two outliers on this. Um, for me, it, it falls down to the age a little bit. And, and we're going to talk about this throughout, you know, where it's like, if you're win now, guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup are absolutely fantastic options. And they are the guys that win you championships. If you're not, you know, and you're in that same tier, it's A.J. Brown. You know, A.J. Brown's the guy who's 24, and there's that big difference in there. Is that the reason why you have Cup as low as you do? Well, I, you know, Mung mentioned uh, consistency, and this is Cooper Cup's first top 12 season in his career. And he's, had, it, he's had flashes where he's had he's like had flashes. Eight, eight weeks, you know, in the first half of the season, I believe in 2019, yeah. he was the wide receiver one as well. Yeah, but like, you know, it's his, he's 28 and it's his first year as a top 12 wide receiver. I just, I, and, and honestly, like if you would have asked me even like five, six weeks ago, I would have had him lower. I, I just, I really think that, that it's not just the age, it's the, can he do it again? Uh, he's done it once. Great. I'm, I feel like a broken record with just talking about Jefferson doing this. <laughs> um, but like, it, it, he, he's how, how many years? Is this his seventh season, sixth season? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, because he came in a little bit older. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, I think it's a sixth season, and it's his first top twelve year. So I, I I I struggled even putting him at eight, to be honest. I I love the guy, and I totally if your win now makes a hundred percent, even for you know next year, maybe even the year after that. But I, I it, he just doesn't make sense for me the you know even year two year three like maybe next year i can see a win now team really wanting him but i i, I just can't put him there for so Ian, just uh just fyi cooper cup was wide receiver four um in ppr in 2019 and i believe for the whole top- season yeah mm-hmm. oh man um and then in points per game i believe he was top five before he got hurt uh last year yeah so mm. i mean the, the talent fairly consistent I think. yeah the talent is there and it's like it, there for a while, he was one of the cheaper, underappreciated kind of guys there, and now we have him up there in that stratosphere. And I'm seeing people among – I mean, we talked about it. I know you guys have Adams far lower than I do, but guys are selling Cooper Cup for those 23 firsts, just random 23 firsts, trying to get out ahead of time. And this is just going to be something we're going to echo, obviously, throughout the entire offseason – is those 23 firsts just keep going up in value, and people are just trying to... I saw Dalvin Cook go for a 23 first, Cooper Cup, and I understand that you, you're you trying to get off, you know, you're trying to get yourself into a rebuild, a retool, move back. Get a little bit on on top, though. I mean, like, we're, we're getting some, some offers here where... You know, you're you're kind of bleeding off some value. If you look at trade calculators, for the most part, those guys are in the 30s, and those picks are not there yet. You know, so that's something we'll talk about a little bit more here. But I would say that all three of those guys are worth two firsts. I think you can you can strongly put them in that two fair, first category, and and, and, and that's Dad. I will say too, when you're giving up a, a player of that caliber just for a first, you're making sure that that first is going to be later in that first round. You're, yeah, you're, you're adding to absolutely. Oh, so you want to make sure that you get something back. You know, Dalvin Cook, you brought up. I would do, you know, Michael Carter in a first. I think that would be like a fair, fair deal. You know, someone's, people have been listening to that one because you and I have been saying Michael Carter for a first. I keep talking about Elijah Moore. Let's, let's move on to that. So one, one guy that listens to the show a lot, I talk to him a lot on, on, you know, he sends DMs and tags me in a lot of things. It's at Nackware. That's N-A-K-W-A-R-E. Got Elijah Moore and a 23 first for Dalvin and Madison. I love that. 
Yeah. He said it was something that they heard on the show. Mirror Man got Elijah Moore a 23 first for Edwards Hilaire and Hawk. And he got a 24 second. So those are some moves where it's like, you know, if you're going to get those first, you're going to get those insulated trades to move some of those guys that are a little bit older. Sometimes, you know, get try to see what else you can get on top. And I, I know there's a lot of guys like Scott H. listens to the show all the time. And he's like, I can't get anything for Dalvin except that 23 first. No one will give me anything on top, you know. And it's like, just be patient. Holding. Just be patient. This is not the time to – I talked to, to Derek Brown about it. And we were talking about now's not the time to try to buy picks. It's so hard to buy picks because people have rookie fever. They're tired of driving their Honda to work every day. They want to look at a Ferrari, but it's not really a Ferrari. It's going to ride. You know, it's, it's not going to be the same way all the time. Uh, let's move on to Tier 3. So Tier 1, Tier 2, we're all pretty consensus here. My guy, I have, I have CeeDee Lamb, 22 years old, as my wide receiver 3. We, the rest of you guys have him across the board here. Uh, looks like... You know, Mung, you have him at your wide receiver eight. And I see, you know, Ian, you have him at wide receiver seven. I know I'm very bullish on it. Mung, I know you're bullish on Waddle, and we kind of have those two separated a little bit. Talk to me about these two players because they they make up part of that third tier is what we have Lamb, Debo, and Waddle. Absolute studs, you know, guys that are going to win you weeks. Um, Waddle's 23, Samuel's 26, CeeDee Lamb's 22. Talk to me a little bit about these guys. Yeah, I think we're still not as a community high enough on Jalen Waddle. I've no. got him as, I believe, wide receiver four in Dynasty mm-hmm. ahead of Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. And I think people are just not looking at – I mean, I understand that a lot of people didn't watch Dolphins games because there's really no reason to if you're not a Dolphins fan. Um, but watching some of those games, Waddle is just electric. And when you look at the stats as well – when you look at the splits between him with Jacoby Brissett for six games versus the rest of the games with Tua, mm-hmm. Waddle was a top five wide receiver in PPR when Tua was the starter this past season. He's a and lot closer the... to Jamar Chase than people want to admit. You know, as far oh, yeah. as value, the value isn't there, but the production, you know, in a offense that's far inferior was still not that far off. Yeah, I think I ran a few Twitter polls uh, maybe a month ago. And a lot of people are saying that Chase equals Waddle plus a first. Um, mm-hmm. If you can get that deal, I would sell Jamar Chase all day for Waddle and a first. Uh, personally, I, I would pay to upgrade to Chase, but not much, a second at most. And, and at the same time, you know, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb and Debo Samuel. I have those guys slightly below Waddle, mostly because I, I'm a little nervous about Samuel's history of mm-hmm. soft tissue injuries. And at the same time, I'm a little nervous about the 49ers pass catchers overall with Trey Lance taking over, uh, potentially running the ball a lot more than we saw Jimmy Garoppolo. So just fewer pass attempts overall. Mm-hmm. And then with C.D. Lamb, I think my slight hesitance to put him a little bit higher is that we just didn't see him become an impact player for Dallas down the stretch. Even after Michael Gallup got hurt, we didn't see Lamb's target share really change a whole lot. I don't know if he had residual effects from when he was out with COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that you know can impact players. So if you think that might have factored in, then Lamb's a clear buy. Um, again, I've seen some people panicking on Lamb. I would not sell low on him. I just don't think he's quite in that number two tier. 
Mung, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna talk to you about a trade I just made because I was like sitting there, and you and and John and I talk about trying to make an offer once a week or try to make a move and and do some things. And I just threw this out there because I didn't think it was possible, but I I threw out and this is gonna tug at your heartstring because it's all your guys. But I got Jalen Waddle and OBJ, who I'm like I'm really starting to come around on Beckham because I feel like. He has looked fantastic with the Rams. If he comes back there, I think he's a wide receiver too next year for Kittle in tight end premium. And I was just trying to get a little bit younger. I have several tight ends. What do you think? Yeah, Wa- I, I like it. I have uh, I have Waddle ranked quite a few spots above Kittle. Yeah, same. Um, and again, it goes back to the fact that as much as I love Kittle as a talent, um, one, I do think San Francisco has fewer pass attempts overall next year with Lance mm-hmm. starting. And two, they, they do love him as a blocker for the run game, and he just doesn't get the fantasy stats that we would like to see him uh, despite, you know, the on-field talent. Yeah. Um, Ian, you have you have Lamb somewhere in that same same vicinity. You have him as your wide receiver seven. Um, I mean, he's, the thing with me is he's 22 years old, and we've seen flashes, and we've seen it. It's on the cusp. And I feel like a year three breakout for C.D. Lamb, and and we're going to be talking about him a lot more value. And you guys are going to have him closer to that tier two than he is in tier three right now. Well, and and uh, you know, you and I have talked about it a few times. I got a few deals done with C.D. Lamb um, right when the playoffs, when they got eliminated from the playoffs, because I, I it, it did scare me. I'll be honest with you, the fact that in the playoff game, in the biggest game of arguably C.D. Lamb's career. He had one catch for, I think it was four yards and, and Cedric Wilson had a higher target share. Yeah. Um, so I, I, a couple trades that I got done, I traded CD lamb for the one seven this year, plus a 23 first, which should be about a mid first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one I got done was uh, I traded CD lamb and a couple throw-ins of Adam Trotman and uh, Larry Roundtree for Rashad Bateman and a first and a 23 first. Yeah. So that should well, be a bait, as well. We're going to talk about Bateman is one of your guys, but it, oh, yeah. it, it goes in that same evaluation that we're talking about where it's an early first or two first still in the, in this area here, you know, it's an early first plus. A- and I feel absolutely. like that's what all those have been in there. And I, I like, I like those moves um, to me. Mung, I, I'm on board here with you, with the Debo Samuel. Like I have one share. You guys, you know, talked me into, I have him as my wide receiver eight. You guys have them, you know, wide receiver seven, wide receiver six. Uh, Ian, you have them as high as wide receiver five. All splitting hairs. They're very close. But he's one of my bigger sells coming into this season because of those soft tissue injuries. And this year he's been healthy. He's a fantastic story. Everybody loves Debo again. But I want to take a look at that next tier, right? We talked about three. Tier four, these are the guys where I think you, you trade Debo for one of these guys plus. And we're looking at Higgins, DK Metcalf. You know, those kind of guys to get, and also in that tier four, breaks my heart because you, Ian, you put Devontae Adams at wide receiver 17, broke my heart, but you moved him all the way down to tier four and digs. You know, I think now is the time where we start to make some moves where we trade Debo for Elijah Moore plus. We trade him for one of these guys plus. And if you love him, you ride or die with him, that's perfectly fine. But in my evaluation, I, I'm with you, Mung, is I'm a little scared, a little skeptical on this season. You know, that that wide back, is that what they're calling his position now? You know, it, it's awesome. But, man, those injuries really did pile up. But he, he did play the whole season, and you have to look at that, I think, as well. So he didn't have any of those injuries really this season, um, which I think helps with that issue. I do mm-hmm. also think it's funny that we're talking about, you know, 
comparing Debo and and Waddle because you're getting Mike McDaniel, the the 49ers offensive coordinator, going to Miami, which is only going to help Jalen Waddle and Tua. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt the the 49ers value that much. Uh, he wasn't the play caller there. Um, but I, I do think that it, it will help the, the Dolphins' offensive value there. Um, I, and, and a few guys that you, we, we haven't mentioned that are same, in that same tier, too, that I think, you know, someone like DJ Moore gets slept on all the time. Um, when he's on, he's on. Um, I know that, you know, we always worry about uh, the ups and downs of DJ Moore, but get him a halfway decent quarterback um, that isn't Sam Darnold. And, and I think you're really talking about him being top 10 as well. Um, and I think one of the guys that I was a lot higher on than you guys ranked was, was Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman's about to go off this next year. Uh, that's my big prediction. I have him as wide receiver 12. Yeah. So you were, you were higher up on him than, than any of us by, by a good margin, you know, and I, I think he definitely flashed in year two. Um, Carson Wentz obviously scares me a little bit, you know, we get some information in there, but I mean, Pittman's a guy where, you know, as, as far as this has gone he he falls in that tier six which is like a late first and if you can go buy him for that you're saying you're doing that all day you know all what's day. what's the highest pick in this draft that you would give up to get michael pittman six or seven okay then you could probably get him oh I yeah feel, i feel like you're gonna be able to buy him you know on on the cheaper end there but let's let's stick to this tier four here right now as far as you know what we had there T. Higgins, we all have right now. Uh, I have him as wide receiver 11. Mung, you have him as wide receiver 12. John has him as 11. And Ian, you have him as 13. So he's right there. And we talked about him flirting with wide receiver one numbers. We have two guys in the same, you know, in the same wide receiver core, both being supported by Joe Burrow. And it, it's exciting. I mean, I, I think I, I get this question all the time. I have Chase. I have Higgins. Which one should I get rid of? And the answer is neither. neither. You know, like he's 23 years old, 21 years old. These guys are going to be some top end. I mean, we saw it several years where teams can support two wide receivers. You know, this is the type of offense where I think they can do that. Um, you know, and it's it's definitely an exciting offense. DK Metcalf is one among where he has really fallen out of grace. You know, I have him, you and I have him very close there. We have him nine and 10. Last year, this time, we were talking about wide receiver three. And this year was a mess for DK Metcalf to say the least, you know, I think his numbers overall are propped up from that monster last game of the season where he had, you know, 150 yards and three touchdowns, but he disappeared for about eight weeks. I mean, literally we were sending all, we were putting out an APB of what, where, where's DK Metcalf. I can't find him anywhere. You can say it's an Amber alert because of that mouth guard. <laughs> what do you think, Monk? Yeah, I don't. I guess I never had him in in the top three or four. I'm just looking back on my Excel tabs. <laughs> back in April of last year, I had him at nine. Okay. And uh, you know, so he hasn't in, really he hasn't moved for yeah. you. He he is who you thought he was. Right. I, I think he's a great talent, a physical specimen, and the biggest concern for me is I just don't know that he's that you know target hog that we've seen other teams use. And the potential is there, right? Because we don't know what exactly is going on with the Seahawks organization this offseason. Do they move on from Russell Wilson? Do they move on from Pete Carroll? Do they mm -hmm. keep both and try to make peace again? Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a big range of outcomes for Metcalf, but I trust in the talent, which is why he remains in the top 10, but he's not going to be in, in those top two elite tiers for me until we see him really get that kind of target volume or efficiency. 
Yeah, and, and I think it, Tyler Lockett could be is, is is you know has fallen off too, and, and is potentially you know not taking away that coverage from DK, and I think that's what helped helped him uh, his his rookie year um, really really kind of go off was Tyler Lockett was taking that coverage away from him. Lockett definitely flashed, but I mean, yeah, he's 30 and some of those things happen. The other guys in that tier four, Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs, I am the highest on Devontae Adams, maybe because I have him on every single team and I absolutely love the talent because the guy is, I mean, with, with Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal and we know that might not be a thing among, we talked about the Cup Adams thing throughout the season. Devontae Adams, there's a lot to see. A lot of people are really, we talked about him last year. When he was 28, being the biggest sell. Now it's like now it's harder to get proper value. Just like I talked about with Dalvin Cook, if you're trying to sell Devonte Adams now, you're not getting you're getting pennies on the dollar. You're not getting that kind of value, and he's almost a guy worth just riding into the sunset, right? I mean, we talked about Julio Jones when he was 29 years old. It's just like ride it out because you're not going to get that value. You're not going to get what you think he's worth, and he's worth more on your team, and sell him in the season, sell him after he goes to a new team, sell him after he goes to the Broncos with Aaron Rodgers, you know, sell him after something big happens. But please do not sell Devontae Adams right now because I'm seeing things like, I mean, I saw Calvin Ridley in the 203, and I'm, I'm seeing like, you know, th- those, ah, oh, that hurts me, man. That hurts because that's not the proper value for Devontae Adams, Monk. So, Dad, how far does he fall down your rankings if – for sure, Jordan Love is his quarterback next year. He won't be because they're gonna. He's he's. Uh, Jordan Love was was drafted to be, you know, obviously the heir apparent there, but it's it's not the games where he played. It's it's a totally different game. So you know, like I'm believing in the fact that Devontae Adams is going to do whatever he can to get out of Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers is not back. I mean, I, mean, I feel gonna, like he's that's He's going to get tagged. He's going to get franchise gets, tagged. Whether he's and, traded after the tag or not, exactly. he's going to get tagged. Exactly. So, I mean, if you I'm, – I'm just not selling yet. And the other guy there who I, I, I think also belongs a little bit higher is Stefan Diggs. You know, Stefan Diggs just turned 28, and I'm seeing him go – he's in that – well, people are saying – 30 was the age cliff. Then 29 was because we wanted to get ahead of it. Now 28 is because we want to get ahead of that. And now I'm hearing some people say even 27 is to get ahead of that curve before people drop off. And I'm like, Stefan Diggs is still putting up elite numbers, and he's still tied to Josh Allen for several years here where you could argue that that is a lot more you know, consistent than what we might see from Devontae Adams' value going forward here. Yeah, that, that's why I had Diggs one spot ahead of Adams. And, and again, you know, there wasn't a huge drop-off in 2021. Diggs was still very good in fantasy. They just missed on a few of those longer passes that we saw them connect on in 2020. But the target volume's there. He's still the clear number one. If anything, I'd be buying low on Diggs if possible if people mm-hmm. think, you know, he's a disappointment for 2022. Absolutely. And I have that tier as tier four. I have them as a mid-first plus. So in order to get any of those guys, you're giving up a mid-first plus. You know, I saw uh, a poll the other day that had Higgins or the 105. It was an 80-20 for Higgins. You know, and that's what it's like. You're gonna This class, you're going to have to give up a little bit more in order to get those guys. I want to point out the, that I have my first rookie coming up here in the next tier for me. And that is Traylon Burks. People are not high enough on this kid. He's 21 years old, 6'3", 225. In a one-quarterback league, he is my 101. In a super flex, I debated it. I still have Malik Willis ahead of him. But you're looking at Burks, who is at that size. There's only ever been two wide receivers who have ran 
two at 225 plus pounds ran a sub 4440. It's Calvin Johnson and DK Metcalf. You know he is number one in college football in yards after the catch at that size. That's phenomenal. You know eight out of the top ten guys that were the yak leaders were guys that were sub 200 pounds because they could make those moves in the in the open field. We're talking an alpha type body being able to make those kind of moves in the open field, and I'm in love with this kid. Like, I'm excited. I know I was saying it last year. I was trying to trade up and move myself into position to get Jamar Chase. This year, I'm moving up into my drafts to get Burks. So, Dad, I totally agree. Honestly, he's. I didn't put my, my rookies in my rankings that I handed you, but uh, Traylon Burks is actually my wide receiver 13. Okay. On, so like, you, right like away. It. He's, he's, he's going to be wide receiver one right away. He is my 101 even in Superflex, like draft him. He's my top guy. I'm I'm all in on Burks. I listen to listen to the pod we just did because Derek and I broke down Malik Willis and the upside of him. But I I was I, I debated it with him and we did discuss it a little bit because I was like Traylon Burks is that good that I'm considering. I mean think about that over the last de- uh, five years it's been a running back or you know in one quarterback and it's been a quarterback. In a Superflex is that 101. So the fact that we're even debating it says two things to me. One, the talent that he has. And two, this rookie class is a little bit, you know, it doesn't have those big home run hitters. I feel like he is the biggest one out of that class. And then John actually put in Garrett Wilson as well, but that's farther down there on the yeah, list. Yeah, so. Garrett Wilson would be on mine too, but he'd be closer to like wide receiver 21, 22. Yeah. So we're going to, I mean, we have a phenomenal set of of analysts coming on in the next couple of weeks we have lined up matt waldman thor nystrom we have next week we have jeff bell and and our man jeremy pope who's been on i i don't know his last name but his popes he's part of smash except he's on all the time you know we love what he brings and we have um oh who's the other uh, travis mays coming on jordan mcnamara i mean we have rookie fever so bad just I don't I'm, I don't want to just gush about him too much, but this kid's going to be awesome. Moving back into tier five, what we have across the board in tier five is we have Chris Godwin, who I'm a little bit higher on than everyone else. DJ Moore, who Ian, you're a little bit higher on than everybody else. Terry McLaurin and Elijah Moore. So out of that group, I can see if you told me any of those guys would be considered top ten going into next year. I wouldn't bat an eye, maybe except for the McLaurin. I think McLaurin is in that area where he's 27. He's going to be 28. So I kind of prefer DJ Moore is still, I know he seems like he's been in the league forever, but he's 24. You know, he's had three great seasons that just not getting in the end zone, horrible quarterback play. If he gets something there, I think he definitely ascends into that group. Deontay Johnson is right there as well. You know, these are guys that I feel like are just a step down, but these guys are the guys who really could explode this season. I mean, I, you know, you mentioned Deontay, but I think also in that tier, uh, you, you have, I don't, I don't, I guess I missed him on the other guys' rankings, but Devonta Smith has to be probably in that tier, I think mm-hmm. too. Um, but as far as Deontay, buy him all day. If you guys have, have him at this tier, I have him as my wide receiver six. I don't know if you missed that. But no, like, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing a consensus. That's where my <laughs> tiers are at. You, dude, you, you had him all Deontay. the way up. Like we 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 make fun of Big Ben's noodle arm all freaking day, and yet Deontay was still wide receiver one. Like by Deontay, he's gonna be awesome. Like I, I he's awesome. Like yeah, I, I, I have him, <laughs> no, I have him thirteen. Mung has him fourteen. For me, the way I'm looking at it is, 
I think Chase Claypool was the guy that was affected most by Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I think Deontay Johnson, his A dot was in that eight yard range, which is Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, that's, that's, that's his bread and butter towards the end of his career, you know, and I think Deontay Johnson is a superb route runner. He's a guy that's going to be a PPR machine. Um, and I can't wait to see what they, what they, who they get there. You know, if it's Mason Rudolph for a little bit, Deontay Johnson is still going to eat. You know, there's a lot of rumors where the guys down at the senior bowl, we're talking about Willis to Pittsburgh seems like the best matchup, you know, and I don't think he would start there day one, maybe start out with Mason Rudolph and that kind of, that hurts Claypool a lot more than it does Deontay Johnson. Absolutely, Monk, w- talk to me a little bit about Deontay Johnson because you and I, you know, I've been big on him, but we don't talk about him a ton on the pod. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about this as Ian was talking. I was trying to think of a comp because I, I do think that Johnson is, is a very talented wide receiver. I just think that the target share is a little overstated because Roethlisberger was checking down so much to him. Um, you know, number two in total targets on the year, fourth in target share with close to 29%. I, I just don't know that we quite see this with whoever Pittsburgh brings in. Um, plus, there, there's a slight possibility. There's rumors that they, they want to stick with Mason Rudolph. I, I don't believe that personally. No. Um, but I do think the risk is there, and we've seen how disastrous that looks I would comp him to Jarvis Landry back when Ryan Tannehill was constantly just absolutely targeting him on every single snap. And then we saw him eventually go to Cleveland. Now Johnson's going to stay in Pittsburgh for next year. Um, But I just don't know that the target share is quite there. And that's why I have him in that high end wide receiver two range. Uh, I think he's going to be perfectly fine in PPR. I just don't see him as that elite PPR producer. Oh, and he's definitely a volume guy. I mean, he gets open. On the regular, he's he's a guy that I think is a nice wide receiver two on your team. I'm not comfortable in dynasty having him as one of my dynasty wide receiver ones, but I feel very nice as him as my two. A lot of my teams, you guys know how I build. He's on he's my wide receiver three on a lot of teams, and I love it. I mean, he is he looks beautiful in that spot, and it's like I think I think Ian to your point, and I I do think you know he's been in that fringe area. I think he's definitely obtainable in that mid-first range and a guy that could have huge dividends. Um, Godwin is someone who, you know, we, two years ago was wide receiver two overall, you know, and then we, we've had some some fantastic stretches there. The injury, I think, is the only thing that kind of knocks him down for some of us. I mean, Mung, you have him down at 18, you know, and, and I, I think it's, if that injury's not there, I think we all have him in that 12 to 15 range and, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. You know, if he goes somewhere and he is that target hog where he gets, you know, like like when Jameis was in charge, you know, he gets a 30% target share. I think we could see some really big uptick in, in Chris Godwin's value for sure. And the guy that I love and that I'm telling everybody in the world to buy, you know, I have Elijah Moore and Devontae Smith a little bit higher than most. And I think both of those guys are, if they get the proper quarterback play, that's the big if. Those guys, their talent. Elijah Moore had a nice stretch there of five games where he was over 20 fantasy points every single week and really a difference maker before he got banged up. And Devonta Smith, if we can see a little bit better play out of out of Jalen Hurts or if the Eagles move and they, they move Jalen Hurts with some of those picks that they have, Devonta Smith is a star in the making if he gets the proper amount of looks. Like As an Eagles fan, I'm watching the game and he's just criminally underused in my opinion. And, and they got three first-round picks, the Eagles, and who knows, maybe they'll even draft another wide receiver for the third consecutive year, which could actually help Devonta Smith, too. 
Yeah. Mung, anything to add with Elijah Moore or Devonta Smith here? Yeah, I'm a bit higher on Moore, a bit lower on Smith. Uh, yeah. I think what we saw Moore do with you know the Jets, you get that Jets discount on guys like him and Michael Carter, right? Because it's they great. have great opportunities. They're talented. But people see the Jets, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Jags from a couple of years ago. And it's like, oh, gross. Like, I don't want those guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're perfectly fine for fantasy. Yeah, their team win-loss record shouldn't matter. And I, I just want to bring up uh, DeAndre Hopkins, too. I, I don't think we mentioned him. And I've got him in that in that third, fourth tier as well because he is getting up there. Um, but we've seen that this Cardinals offense can be pretty efficient. We don't know if Christian Kirk will be back. So I still like Hopkins. I think I have him at wide receiver 14. Yeah, and what I'm what I did was we all put in our own individual rankings. Then I added them up and 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 made sure I put them in in chronological order. For tier six is is the interesting one, right? So like tier one, same kind of age, right? Tier two, same kind of age. You know, we're talking about similar age brackets. When you get to tier six, and in this tier we have Hopkins, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, and then you got the young guys Devonta Smith and Michael Pittman. So it's like this is the hardest part of ranking, and this is why things are very subjective. If I am a win-now team, I clearly want I want guys like Hopkins. I, I think Mike Evans is going to have a fantastic season. I think if Calvin Ridley comes back, you know, he instantly gets, it gets a bump up in those things. And he, Ridley's a guy that's going for dirt cheap. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the thread I, I put out there, but, I mean, we have guys like um, – I saw some trades there where, you know, Thomas Tipple got Calvin Ridley for the 110. In, in a one quarterback league, like in this class, that is a steal. If it, you know, I believe that he comes back. I believe that he, you know, gets the mental health thing right. He jumps back onto the field. But it, it gets interesting when you're doing your rankings because this time of year, I mean, there's guys like there's guys like Mooney. There's guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. There's guys like Keenan Allen. You know, it just depends where you're at here. There's Amari Cooper gets lost. Keenan Allen is somebody who is just like. If you're still win now, you can still get Keenan Allen for a late first. You could have got him for that last year, but he's still he's the he's the guy for Justin I, Herbert right now. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you could get Keenan Allen for a, a top second right now. Like just, that's how low people are on him for some reason. And and when when on the opposite side of the coin, there's crazy high on Herbert. Like I, I don't get it. He's definitely Herbert's number one. Um, and he should be in that conversation. I would absolutely give up like the one ten for him. Yeah, I mean, I think and and Mung, you you're the only guy to have Amari Cooper on here. And I was like, I was trying to get him in there, but I mean, we're Amari Cooper's still what twenty six years old. You know, like it it feels like he should be thirty, but he is not. And I think I think a change of scenery would be good for Amari Cooper. I, I mean, I don't think that. He's going anywhere. <laughs> I, no. I think the Cowboys stick with him. Uh, Gallup's likely gone as a free yeah. agent. And I, I just don't understand why people are so low on him. Um, I mean, he had some massive games. Uh, he missed a little bit of time, but he's he's that 1A, 1B with C.D. Lamb next year with Dak Prescott, two years removed from the ankle injury. And I think that offense is still going to be pretty high octane. Uh, Ian, why don't you talk about, there, there's two guys here that you did threads on, you know, you have Rashad Bateman as your wide receiver 18 and Amin Ra as your wide receiver 24. Um, you, you did a value thread on both of these guys and why don't you tell us what you found from Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. So I did the Amon Ross St. Brown one first, uh, just because I, I thought it would be interesting right after uh, his, his explosion at the end of the year uh, to see how 
people were evaluating Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, and he came out to people were willing to give up the, the 110 to 112 uh, for Amon Ra, which, which I think is right around where I would have him um, as well. That's about what I would give up uh, for Amon Ra. Uh, I have him currently ranked as my wide receiver 24. Um, so he's right at that uh, bottom of the barrel wide receiver too. So I, I, I wouldn't like him as my wide receiver too, but I could deal with him as my wide receiver well, too. And we're, we're going to talk about it when Jordan comes on, but I mean, you got to talk about profiles and when they get drafted and things like that. I mean, you probably got Amon Ra late second, early third. If you can flip for a first, that's sometimes good principle because we're going to have, I believe Detroit possibly takes another guy. What I've been telling everybody is I, I don't know about that 110 to 112 range, but if you can get any 23 first for Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm doing it. You know, Absolutely. Like I, I that's where really I'm at agree. with him right now. And, and, and I, what, I, what I would say as well is even if they don't get another wide receiver, what they are getting is an upgrade at quarterback. They're, they're, they're going to draft a quarterback here. Whether it's he starts week one or not, that's another uh, a story. Uh, but we'll see whether they trade for one, whether they go and get Malik Willis, whether they, they get someone like Sam Howell, I think who would be a, a perfect fit in Detroit. I would hate it because Sam Howell is my wider, my QB one mm-hmm. in this class. Um, but I really think that they they get an upgrade there over Goff, and 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 so that's why I still am, am there with him as as a wide receiver too, just my least favorite wide receiver too. Um, and then the other one I did a thread on was Rashad Bateman, and he came out actually very similar. So if you can trade Amon Ross St. Brown for Rashad Bateman, do it immediately. Um, cause he came that people were willing to give up the one nine to the one eleven for, for Rashad Bateman. So uh, we, we, we are totally undervaluing Rashad Bateman. He didn't have the greatest year. Uh, uh, Hollywood Brown really came on the scenes, uh, and, and, and took some of that spotlight away from Holly, from, uh, Rashad and, and same with Mark Andrews. They really went off this season. Uh, but I really think Rashad Bateman is going to be the guy going forward. Uh, Mung, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm off of both of those guys. I would sell for any first. Uh, for In terms of Amon Ross St. Brown, he reminds me a little bit of Corey Davis last year when A.J. Brown was hurt uh, and just racked up the target share. Uh, you know, a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown's big games towards the end of the year were without T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Uh, so I just don't know that he's going to be that number one guy. Uh, you know, as Mike said, they, the Lions could draft another wide receiver as well so i think he did well with his targets i just don't know that they're going to be there again so early second is where i would value him Um, i think in terms i think when you're the the more and more you play dynasty and the more we talk about it when you get a guy third round draft capital and you, you get him in the third round of your rookie draft and you start getting first round picks it's almost too enticing to take it right because then you're like Man, the, the the possibility of him continuing to hit is not as good as me getting that next first and keeping that capital. And in no way am I down on the player. I think he's a fantastic player. He looked great during those times. But sometimes, you know, those those profiles, if you can move a guy that, we you know, comes in and, and does some things. Because in the beginning part of the season, we didn't see much from him. He looked great down the stretch. And only time's going to tell that. But, I mean, I personally try to try to – you know, be a little bit more risk averse with those kind of things and see where you're at. Yeah. I mean, when you look at draft capital and take all that into consideration, you know, fourth round, uh, it's the same reason I'm slightly lower on Darnell Mooney. And, and I was super high on Tyree kill a few years back. Right. But you yeah. understand that you're betting on outliers 
and that for the most part, these day two, day three draft picks generally do not become elite dynasty dynasty assets. And then in terms of Rashad Bateman, again, I'm just concerned, uh, similar to the 49ers, right? Baltimore, until this year, when their defense suffered like 10 major injuries, they were the most run-heavy team for the last three seasons, I believe. And you've got Marquise Brown there. You've got Mark Andrews there. I just don't see enough targets to go around for Bateman unless Brown were to miss time. And that's the only reason I'm slightly lower on him. Again, situation can change, but we've seen that with this coaching staff and with Lamar Jackson, they just prefer to really pound the ball. I just keep looking at our rankings and I see Mike Evans in that 20 range. And I'm just like, the guy has had eight straight thousand yard seasons. He's been there. He's almost a lock for, for eight to 10 touchdowns. And I just keep buying him. I, I bought more shares. I'm just like, I just keep buying them on my win now teams because people are trying to, you know, take advantage of those kind of things. The Hopkins, I saw Hopkins Mung the other day go for the 204. And I'm like, oh, yes, please. Just, I will take that. Like, Come on, like day, in this in this class, you don't just see a number and be like, "Oh, 204." Well, last year that was this player. This isn't the same class, you know. Like this is not the same thing. And it's like I understand you guys want to move off of veterans, and I get these questions all the time. And I mean, Mung, we're getting tagged on hundreds a week now, which is awesome. But then I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, we'll just pump the brakes." Like you're going to get more for DeAndre Hopkins in three months. In six months, you know, when the season rolls around, when when these when the, all the dust settles, you're going to get more for him. The Cardinals are they might draft a wide receiver, but they got Rondale Moore there. They might bring back Christian Kirk. You know, like it, there's so many variables that can happen right now. But these veterans are not going to. Keenan Allen is going nowhere in value. You know, like that's just going to be nice and steady. But you can, like you said, you can, might be able to get him for like the 202, 203, and this is a time where you cash in on rookie fever. You know, among you said it's cyclical. It really is. Dynasty is a fairly easy blueprint. If you buy the veterans now, you're getting them at rock bottom prices. You know, if you're yeah, buying... You know, who, uh, you know who you can probably get for a mid or maybe even a late second right now is Michael Thomas, who, you know, yeah. his name is Dirt. Nobody likes him. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the Saints quarterback situation or if he's even going to be on the Saints if they decide to move him. But, uh, look, the talent is there. His, his value isn't going to increase considering his age, but he can absolutely be a contributor if you're looking to contend in 2022. Well, and you got to look at, I mean, you know, we, we talk about historical things, but when you talk about third rounds, third round picks are a 12% hit rate at best, I, I bought Brandon Cooks for two-thirds the other day. Brandon Cooks just does nothing but go out there and put up 800 to 1,000 yards every season. I bought Robert Woods for one-third in a league. You know, like Robert Woods' value is that depressed. Where people just got that rookie fever, they want to get these things. And it's like, you can go out there and, I mean, a 12% dart throw, you know, at, if you're lucky. You know, fourth round, you're looking at more like, four to eight percent you know if you're lucky and it's like you start throwing those things around and being able to buy veterans that that have some value you know those second mid to late seconds those third rounders and i don't think this mid to late second is going to give you the same kind of value that it did last year you know there's some some nice wide receivers we're going to be talking about here but i think a lot of those are going to get pushed to the first because there's not a ton of running backs you know with, with upper echelon talent so i mean it's, there's so many things to talk about wide receivers. There's Juju Smith-Schuster. There's Jerry Judy. I mean, there's so many guys. I'm glad you brought up Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas really is, 
could be a difference maker somewhere. You know, like it, it's completely out of sight, out of mind because it's been a year and a half now, essentially, since we've seen him out there. But we know, you know, he is a, that talent that can win it for you. Guys, this has been a fun show. You know, I've been uh, talking football all day and I've loved it. Wonderful day off. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell everybody um, what you're working on for this week and, you know, maybe what you're excited about with the Super Bowl and where they can find you. For sure. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Super Skull Fan. Um, it's also the Optimistic Vikings fan because, you know, I'm a Vikings fan if I haven't said that yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm doing a, a thread every week about uh, younger, usually younger uh, players value when it comes to uh, this year's draft. Uh, my next one is going to be uh, Elijah Moore. We okay. mentioned him today. We're going to see where he's kind of valued at. Uh, we mentioned him a little bit higher it would be interesting to see how much higher where uh, people are willing to go if it is it going to be as high as the one six is it going to be closer to the one eight um, let's I'm see higher. where Elijah Moore. <laughs> I'm, higher. I'm higher than that Good, Mark, what, i'm sure you could buy him for the one five easily I, I might be doing some of that but i don't have any picks you guys know that i'm <laughs> <laughs> i'm never having picks mung why don't you tell everybody what you're working on then yeah, well, I, w- I want to leave you guys with a couple things, too, before I get into that. Um, one, a guy that we didn't talk about who's lower down the list is Kadarius Tony, uh, who I'm bullish on heading into year two because he's moving on from a coach who used a quarterback sneak on third and nine. That was uh, such a Brian good play. <laughs> um, so I-, I think they're going to find ways to utilize Tony better, and I think that organization overall is going to be a little bit more stable. Uh, so I'm buying Tony where I can for cheap. Uh, and then number two, uh, a guy that I would be watching in the Super Bowl for a potential buy low opportunity is Cam Akers. Uh, it sounds like, Dar- uh, excuse me, not Darnell, uh, Daryl Henderson is going to be active. Uh, it might be a uh, running back by committee because Akers is playing through a shoulder injury and, you know, he's still coming back from the foot. And, you know, people might think that no way he's going to be the workhorse if in the Super Bowl they go to a three-headed committee. But uh, if you can buy low on Akers, I know I've been low on him, but his value has fluctuated a lot. Uh, So that's something to watch for. And, uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, go ahead. Akers is plus 900 to score the first touchdown of the Super Bowl. Just throwing that out there. I don't don't hate it. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, uh, like I said, I'm going to have my full Super Bowl Super Bowl preview article out over the next day or two, and then I'll have updated top 200 dynasty rankings for you guys uh, early next week. Love it. Mung, you are so much more disciplined than I am. I was out there, and I'm like, I got it. Everybody's like, yo, Dad, when are you starting Smash Except 3? And I'm like, I get that message like twice a day, and I'm like, all right, let's just do it. Okay, let's do it. I've been, <laughs> I've been messaging a bunch of analysts. I'm like, let's put together a league. Let's get something going. I was like, Eight to ten guys, and I'm like, oh, you know what? We're just gonna start Smash Three. We're gonna we're gonna draft on President's Day. So if you guys want in on that, DM me while we're actually having the show. I got two more DMs, so maybe if I like you more. No, I'm just kidding. But we're we're trying to fill that one up with twelve guys. Fourteen teams was a bit of a crazy thing, Mung, and I don't know if I can play in another fourteen teamer <laughs> after those two. But, Let's put yeah. it out there. You can be female too. Let's not just say the guys. Oh, did there. I say guys? Oh, you that's my guy. bad. That's my bad. That's that's not right. Uh, yeah, uh, our demographics a little interesting, but I, I, I'll show you the anchor stats. It's less than one percent. But you guys or girls, whoever wants to be in our league, you know, like I put it out there for you guys in Listener League One and Two. You know, tell your wife, tell your friends, tell your kids, tell your side chick. Hey, let's go to the Smash Except Listener League. Your hey, dynasty thanks. mom. 
Maybe. <laughs> Yo, she, there is. There's Well, there's stepmom Lauren who we, we might try to get on the show. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.